0: the next few moments, I want to talk from this title of this message, which is also the series title. I did it to myself. I did it to myself. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that there's no stupid people in this room and all God's people said, amen. Amen. High five somebody on the way to your seat and say choices, say choices, choices. Uh, I'm going to start out by kind of giving you a brief bio, because some of you, I'm aware, you don't know me. And so uh, I consider myself a pretty decisive person. Like, I I don't think I'm very indecisive, uh, because, well, well, let me just poll you. Uh, Anybody like me, you're pretty decisive. You're good at making decisions. A few of you? none, None of you? Okay, we've got a few here, a few there, okay. All right, well, let me ask this question. Are there any indecisive people in the room? Where are my indecisive people at? Raise your hand. That is the majority of the room. Look, look around. Keep your hand up high. Keep it up guy. Look. Don't ask any of them where we're eating after service because they can't decide. Put your hands down. With that being said, with that being said, see, when it comes to what I want to eat, uh, I'm very decisive because when I'm hungry, I just want food. I don't care what it is. I'm a carnivore. Just give me meat. I just need food. And uh, it doesn't really matter to me because I know what I like and I know what I don't like. So when it's time to eat, just get me to the restaurant. I don't care. I will find something on the menu. However, there is a side of me that can be extremely indecisive. Somebody say indecisive. For example, when it comes around time for my birthday or Christmas, Lindsay's gonna ask me this dreaded question. I hate this question. She's gonna look at me and, and, and just in those lovely eyes, she's gonna smile and she's gonna say, "Will," well, she's actually gonna say, "Wilson." What do you want for your birthday, Wilson? What do you want for Christmas? And it's a very, uh, it's just a very hard question because for some reason I just can't seem to decide. For this reason, how do you get somebody who has everything something? Like, I, I'm just, I'm blessed. Lindsay's my gift. Like, I just, I don't need anything else. Like, she's like, oh, and Lindsay's like, yes, okay, period, because you don't need nothing. Anyways, y'all ignore Pastor Lindsay. But, but every year I will do the same thing, and when I get asked this question, I fail to answer her because I don't know what I want and I don't know how to answer it. And every year I'm going to open up what she got me and I'm going to pretend to like it. I'm like, oh my God, it's so nice. It's just what I wanted. I'm just kidding. She gives great gifts all the time. She literally does. You can ask Jacob Thompson. She, she literally gives the best gifts. So um, to further explain this, I'm so indecisive, somebody say indecisive, that I will go into stores when I'm shopping and I will walk around with stuff in my hand. And I will literally get to a point where it is time to check out. And whatever is in my hand, this is how indecisive your boy is. I will, Whatever I have in my hand when it's time to check out, I will literally decide in the checkout line, I don't want it. And whatever is in my hand, I will place it wherever I am in the store. Like, I don't want you. Dismissed. And I'll just drop it. So when you go into convenience stores and the, there's jeans in the shirt section, that's me. I'm the guy that can't decide. I have a problem. I have a problem. But just as you admitted, some of you just said, you're indecisive. So, um, uh, when I can't decide what I want, uh, if I'm honest, there have been times when I'm afraid of really just making the wrong decision. Because maybe uh, I asked myself, I was like, man, I got like 10 pairs of those jeans. Um, you know, I have that color shoe already. I kind of have a shirt like this. So I kind of go into this this fear of making a wrong decision. Or here's what uh, here's the real issue. I really have too many options, and I just can't seem to decide. And that's why some of you, you actually like multiple choice tests. Where are my multiple choice test takers at? Wait, raise your hand. There we go. Yeah, because most of y'all be like, C. The answer is C. I don't know, C. But here's the issue with that. That's why some of you talk to a bunch of people because you like having options. Y'all didn't even know I was going there. You're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. You got A, B, C, D. Some of y'all got EFG all the way through your phone. You'd be like, man, hey, that's Z. He called me last night. I was thankful. Y'all just like having options. Somebody say options. Here's the issue. The reason we want options is because we think in the abundance of choices there's freedom. But I have found that in the abundance of choices there's actually more bondage. Because sometimes you can't make the decision when you have too many options. Somebody say choices. There was a study done that said this the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. A day. And at first I was like, that can't be true. That must be a lie. Somebody's lying. I don't know who did this test. Clearly that person. He's weird. There's no way. But then I thought about it. It actually makes sense. Here's why. Because when your alarm goes off in the morning and it's time to wake up, you are already faced with the most important decision of the day to snooze or not to snooze. That is the question. How many of you snooze this morning? All right. You can put your hands down. Because these are the people that slept in class. You can barely open your eyes. You have to start your day off with a decision because that one decision is going to set the tone and trajectory for the rest of your day. To snooze or not to snooze—decisions. Here's another one. Case in point: Netflix. Somebody say Netflix. I know you've been wondering how many movies are actually on Netflix. And I'm such a good pastor that I actually did my due diligence. I counted how many movies were on Netflix. I'm lying. I'm, I'm lying. I googled it. I'm googled it. I don't, I don't have that kind of energy. Um, so when I googled it, I came to realize that there are ten, over 10,000 movies on 10,000 movies on Netflix. Which at first glance, you would think, that's great. Pastor Will, I got all these options. I got everything from Outer Banks, Stranger Things, All-American. I got all of it. I got options. I just heard somebody say something about All-American. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I think we got an All-American star in here, Dylan. He looks. What's that guy he looks like? Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Baker right here. Just kidding. But is it, though? Because this is what I do. I will spend 90 minutes. I will spend the time it takes to watch a movie, to look for a movie on Netflix. Somebody say options. Just too many options, too many choices. And even when we choose nothing, our inaction, our inaction is still a choice because you may not know this, but indecision is a decision. It's called analysis paralysis. It's the inability to make a choice because you simply have too many options. And just as I described with taking a multiple choice choice test, I would propose to you that it's better to make a decision than no decision at all. Why? Because it's better to guess and be wrong than to be undecided. Because here's the thing. When you leave the answer blank, you still get it wrong. If you take a test, if you leave the answer blank, you still get it wrong. So I'm going to start in point one. Somebody say number one. Write this down. Small choices have big consequences. Small choices have big consequences. I'm going to tell you a quick story. There was a man named George Keith. Somebody say George. Mr. George, he had decided to buy a brand new BMW. Somebody say decided. And while driving through Central Park by Wands uh, neighborhood in New York, the brand new vehicle shifted in the first gear unexpectedly. He didn't need to get the car fixed right away, but he decided somebody say decided to make an appointment with the dealership at 7 a.m. for the following morning with the hope that his car would be fixed in time for him to make his 8 a.m meeting the next day. Keith says, I got to the BMW dealership at 7 a.m. when they opened, but the mechanics decided, somebody say decided, that day they weren't going to work until 8 a.m. I was so upset, but instead of just leaving my car there, I decided, somebody say decided, to wait for an hour for a three-minute repair. I left the shop and I raced down the expressway late to my meeting, which was on the 73rd floor of Tower 2 of the World Trade Center. While sitting in traffic, I look behind me to see a plane flying lower than I've ever seen. I cannot take my eyes off it as I watched it smash into the second tower on September 11th, 2001. Small choices have big consequences. Small decisions have big consequences. Decisions can literally be the difference between life and death. Somebody say decisions. It's powerful. Not only that, and in this series, what we want to do, we're believing that your season of self-destruction is coming to an end. We're believing that all those things that you did to yourself, they're going to stop. In this series, I'm believing that we're going to help you eradicate comparison out of your life, that we're going to eradicate depression out of your life, that suicidal thoughts are going to leave your mind. We're going to learn how to get past our past. And I'm believing you're going to be set free from self-harm in the bad decisions that you make. Somebody say decisions. How are we going to do that? By realizing a lot of the pain we experience come from the choices we make. A lot of the pain your generation experiences comes from the choices you make because our life is consisted and made up of choices. Our lives are the sum total of all the all the decisions we make. Pastor Will, what is a choice? I'm glad you asked. It's going to be up on the screen. A choice is making a decision or selection when faced with two or more options. It literally making a decision or selection when faced with two or more options. Somebody say decisions. Point number two, write this down. Our decisions dictate our direction in life. Our decisions dictate our direction in life. Pastor Will, what do you mean by that? In other words, your decisions determine your destiny. Your decisions don't just dictate direction. Your decisions can dictate your eternity. Because if you don't choose to follow Jesus, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And you may think, well, Pastor Will, it's just this one thing I decided. Everything you choose that's other than Jesus is a decision in the wrong direction. Our decisions dictate our direction in life. You will decide where you spend the rest of your life. You will decide where you spend your eternity. The choices we make today will determine the future we experience tomorrow. In fact, I'll say it this way, where we are today is based on the choices you made yesterday. What kind of choices have you made? What kind of choices are you making? See, Satan wants us to make decisions for ourselves to do what he cannot do to us. Because Satan knows this. If he could destroy you, he would, but he can't. And he knows he can't. Satan can't do anything. He can't. He can't even hurt you because the Bible says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. It doesn't say it doesn't say he can. It says he comes. It says he tries to to steal, kill and destroy. And because Satan can't destroy you, he will get you to make decisions to destroy yourself. Somebody say decisions. See, Satan couldn't kick Adam and Eve out of the garden. And he knew that. So he had to deceive them into making a decision that got themselves kicked out of the garden. See, Satan can't destroy you. He can only tempt you to make decisions that will cause you to destroy yourselves. Satan's goal for your life is for you to end yourself, for you to do it yourself, for him to get you caught up in cycles. And so that he never even has to put his hands on you so that you can mess yourself up all on your own. See, when the enemy tried to do with Adam and Eve, what the enemy tried to do with Adam and Eve, he's definitely going to try to do with you. See, what the enemy tried to do with Moses's life is he influenced Moses into making decisions to destroy himself. See, he didn't destroy David's life. He influenced David to make decisions to destroy himself. He didn't destroy Solomon's life. He influenced Solomon to make decisions to destroy himself. He didn't destroy Samson's life. He influenced Samson to make decisions to destroy himself. All throughout scripture, he did this successfully until he got to one man in Matthew four, until he faced Jesus. And what worked with Adam, what worked with Moses, what worked with David, what worked with Solomon, what worked with Samson did not work with Jesus. Jesus said, not today, Satan. And here's what I believe for you, that there are some young people in here that are saying my time of self-destruction self and getting in my own way. It's coming to an end and sabotaging my own future. I'm going to stop doing that. I believe there's a generation that's going to start saying I'm tired of crying over stuff I got myself into. I'm tired of digging myself out of holes that I dug myself into. I'm tired of letting people hurt me. My season of hurting myself is over. Somebody said I did it to myself. That season's over. Because I'm believing in this series throughout our time of worship together, as you invite your as you invite people to come into this place, you're going to see other people set free. Why? Because you're going to make different decisions. And we've been trying to give Satan more power than he actually has. And what's crazy is God had to give Satan permission to even get close to Job. And I know for some of you, all these characters I just mentioned in the Bible, some of you aren't even familiar with them. But the only reason I reference them is because I want you to know that there is precedent that that Satan has continued. He has always tried to destroy people and yet he cannot because Satan doesn't have the power to destroy your life. Only you can do that. Point number three. Somebody say number three. You need to write this down. It wasn't the devil. It was a decision. It wasn't the devil. It was a decision. I just want to say briefly, some of you be blaming Satan for stuff that he really has never done. And when you give Satan credit for stuff he's never done, that's false praise. The devil just out here trying to get me, Pastor Will. That wasn't the devil. That was a decision. You chose that. It wasn't demons. It was decisions. And sometimes we blame Satan and even other people for things that we did to ourselves. And what I want to say to you is some of you are not being attacked by Satan. Some of you are in a cycle. You chose your way into this cycle and you can't seem to get out of it because you keep going back to it. You keep choosing the same thing over and over and over again. And this is why I don't like people blaming the devil for decisions. I want to tell you a quick story. I don't know if I told this to you before, but um, when I was in Mississippi at my first church, my first time just in ministry, y'all, I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't really know what I'm doing. I just love God and I love people. But I, we had this uh, this bus route. That We used to go pick up people on Sunday mornings, and our, one of the bus stops that we had was literally a qu- less than a quarter mile from our church, and there is this lady. Uh, I'm going to tell you her name, and uh, I probably shouldn't because we're recording this service, and if she sees it, she might come for me, but who cares because I got my goons with me, but uh, her name was Angela. Somebody say Angela. And Angela used to come to church on Sundays. I'm going to give you all a brief picture. I'm going to use word pictures. Angela, she used to wear a tiara and she had like a little <laughs> she had a little uh, what was it, like a little stick wand thing, Lindsay. And she would be in worship and she would just swing that wand with her tiara. And she would just that's how she praised God. And she was she was a bigger lady. But uh, Angela was crazy. She was crazy. Angela was wild. And so uh, but Angela had this habit of blaming Satan for things that he never even did. So this one Sunday in particular, I go to pick up Angela and uh, not pick her up, but pick her up in the van. And <laughs> I just had to specify. That's so bad. But um, I get to the uh, to her where she's her apartments. And, you know, we get in the van. I, I go, I get out of the van, I open the door, I put down a step stool, help Angela in the car. I'm driving back to the church. Mind y'all, this is not a far drive, less than a quarter of a mile. And I'm driving and Angela's like, Pastor Will, I got to tell you. I got to tell you about the sleepy demons. I said, the sleepy demons? She said, yeah, the sleepy demons. I ain't never heard of this. I was like, I kid y'all not. This is a true story. I'm looking at the rows like sleepy demons. That's not in the Bible. But she said, yeah, let me tell you about the sleepy demons. Every time I try to read God's word, I get into my bed and I open up the Bible and the sleepy demons, they just come all over me. I just can't read God's word. I just get so tired. I just, they just hit me. They just come all over me. They on my back. I just, I tell them to get off me and they just, <laughs> they, just they in the bed with me, Pastor Will. Just sleepy demons. She was dead serious. And y'all, she was, y'all, when I tell y'all, she was so serious, I literally, I said, Angela, I couldn't say Miss Angela, I was like, Angela, no. maybe, <laughs> maybe it wasn't sleepy demons. Maybe you shouldn't read God's word laying down. I kid y'all not. She said, I never thought of that. <laughs> she was like, I, I can't believe it. I said, Angela, I don't think it's sleepy demons. I think you just read God's word too late when you get tired. I said that whole story to say this to you. Sometimes it wasn't a demon. It was a decision. For some of you, even you you resonate with Angela's story because like, I want to read God's word, but I read it too late at night and then I get sleepy because the sleepy demons come and get on me. It's not sleepy demons. You waited to read God's word too late. You chose to read it too late. For some of you, you want to come to church and you want to be closer to God, but you decide every Wednesday, you know what? I just don't feel like it. On Sunday mornings, you're like, you know what? To snooze or not to snooze. That is the question. I think I'm going to choose my bed, Pastor Will. I'll watch it online. Let's be real. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because some of you, the depth of your theology is social media. Pastor Will, I heard so-and-so quote a verse the other day, and, you know, I read my Bible. No, you don't. Most of us, most, and y'all, I know this sounds heavy, and I'm not trying to be that way, but I am going to be honest. Most of you, the only time you know, only the thing that you know about God's word, the only revelation you have is what somebody else has said. And I want to tell you, God wants to speak to you. So today, we get to make a choice. Somebody say decisions. Because here's what we do. If we think Satan can't destroy us, we will ascribe power to him that he does not have. But we need to know this in Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. I don't want you to be unaware of his schemes, but I do want you to be aware of your decisions. Because the worst thing that could happen is Satan rob you of a relationship with God because you never even tried. Because you chose not to have a relationship with Jesus. And I believe there are people in our world that Satan doesn't even have his hand on because they are so indecisive. And they're like that church thing. I don't want it. That Christian thing. I don't want it. And they rather live their life in lack than experience the blessing of God all because of a choice. Somebody say decisions. Satan will try to get you to destroy yourself because he cannot destroy you. So here's what we do. You're going to leave here. You're going to start making choices in your life. About who you want to become, about what friends you want to have. For some of you, you're going to go back on the college campuses. And you're be like, do I want to be around these people? Do I want to go to this party? Do I study or do I not study? The kind of lang- what kind of language am I going to use? And then here's what happens: you make some good choices, and then you make some bad choices. But hear me when I say this, because I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you grace. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to mess up. You're going to make bad choices. Guess what? That's part of growing up. I've made some bad, dumb choices. Literally, I've the title. I did it to myself. I'm going to tell you, you're going to make some bad decisions. But hear me. The grace of God doesn't cancel out my choices. Grace is not permission to make bad decisions. It's not. Grace is not license to sin. Grace is the empowerment to change. God's going to give you grace. I know that because that's how good he is. But grace is not permission for you to sin. So when you make that bad decision, rest in his grace, but realize I don't need to do that anymore. Somebody say decisions. Some of you. You have some choices to make. And they're not going to be big choices. They're going to be little choices because it's the little choices that compromise your character. It's just one lie. It's just one look. It's just one smoke. It's just one text. It's just one picture past the wheel. It's just one thing. It's just one time. It's the small decisions that compromise your character. And you need to realize this. Today's choices can become tomorrow's chains. I want you to write this down. Your choices can become your chains. Your choices can become your chains. Somebody say choices. See, we make a choice to lie, to steal, whatever. But see, the problem with choices is that over time, those choices, it's just one choice. They become habits. It's just a habit, Pastor Will. And then what happens, matter of fact, real quick, somebody say habits. Then those habits become automatic because whatever whatever you continually do all the time, it just becomes natural. You just, it's habits. So after you make a choice... Then you make a habit. Then it becomes automatic. Somebody say automatic. Here's the issue with that. So now I'm not even choosing to do it anymore. I'm not even choosing to to lash out anymore because I made the choice to be angry and not control my emotions. And now I'm just angry all the time. It's automatic. Now it's gone beyond a choice. It's gone beyond a habit. It's gone beyond automatic. And now it's become your identity. Somebody say identity. Man. what happens is when you make choices you start to frame your identity you think your life really is all you all you do all your actions and you start deciding man well people say I lie all the time so I'm just a liar People say, I talk to too many people. I talk to too many girls. Uh, you know, the guys were like, man, I send, I send all these messages all these girls. Then, you know, they think I'm a player. And then the girls were like, they think I talk to all these guys. And now I can't talk to no guy at all. And I'm really just a nice girl. I'm just super friendly. And they keep saying I'm flirty. And now you think that's your identity. Somebody say identity. Now it's not even what I do. It's who I am. But here's the issue. Now I can't separate my identity from my, I can't separate my identity in Christ from my choices because I identify more with my chains than I do with God's grace. You start to identify more with the bad decisions you make than God's grace. But it was just one choice. And that choice over time became a habit and that habit became automatic. It was default and then it becomes my identity. And now it's my nature. Somebody say nature. And what happens is it didn't look like a chain at first. But now your choices start becoming your chains. And the issue with that is that when your choices become your chains, you didn't your chains You didn't realize that while you were making those choices, the enemy was trying to wrap you in that bondage so you that you could continue to make decisions to destroy yourself. Somebody said I did it to myself. See, Satan knows if he can't make you make if he can get you to make choices while you're young. He can convince you that those little choices don't matter. And some of you, you walk around and you just, this is what you sound like all the time. And you're wondering, Pastor Will, it can't be that bad. And it's just heavy. It's this weight on you. You're walking around enslaved to things that God has already set you free from. Somebody say chains. And now that you're in this cycle, and now it's years later. Just imagine for a second if you could close your eyes if you need to. It's years later. You're not young anymore. But now you're an adult. And because of the decisions that Satan has influenced you to make, they become habits in your life. They become so automatic. They become so ingrained into who you are that you you do these things now without even thinking. And so you think, that's just who I am. And then you become ashamed and you think this is your identity and it's your nature. And now as an adult, now you even want to get married and you try to love your spouse, but you don't even realize it, that you brought change from your past into the relationship in your future. All because of decisions. And those choices you made when you were young are going to keep you bound. They're going to keep you down. They're going to keep you heavy. they are going to keep you frustrated. But I want to read Hebrews 12 verse one to you. It says, therefore, somebody say, therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the same the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. You can choose not to live in chains. Romans six, verse 18 says, now you are set free from sin and are slaves and are slaves who please God. See, we're all slaves to something. Everybody in this room, you're all slaves to something. We're all going to serve something or someone. What I want to ask you is, is what are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? There's a verse in the Bible that says, as for me and my house, we choose to serve God. As for me and my family, we're going to choose to serve God. I don't know about you, but as for youth first, we're going to choose to serve God. Somebody say decisions. I'm not a slave to sin any longer. Last thing I want you to write down is this. Every yes has a consequence. Every yes has a consequence. There are consequences to your choices and the choices you make will be the consequences you bear. Pastor Will, why are you starting this message in this series like this is because I need your generation to understand the weight of the choices you make. You need to understand that every choice you make has a legitimate consequence. And even your inaction, even your indecision has a consequence. When you choose not to invite your friend to church, there's a consequence. When you choose not to share your faith, there's a consequence. When you choose not to stand up for injustice and what's wrong, that's a consequence. Every yes has a consequence. Somebody say decisions. I want to ask you this. Would your choices be different if you knew the consequences behind them? Absolutely. My choices would be different. If I knew if I had 2020 vision, if man, if I just knew from my past that I had 2020 vision for my past and I knew I would be standing in moments like this at 20, I promise you, I would have been living my life different. At 18, I promise you, I would have been living my life different. At 19, I would have been living my life different. At 17, I would have been living my life different. If I knew what you know right now, I would have made decisions to live my life differently. Somebody say decisions. See, we don't want other. I don't want other people's decisions. I don't want other people's chains. I don't want other people's lifestyle to dictate your decision to live and to follow Jesus. Because we believe that the wisest choice you can make is to follow Jesus.